This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Shelley Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Happy Mother's Day. And that is the truth. And I'll just warn you right now, I'm probably going to cry because I'm a mom and I'm allowed. But there's lots of people in our lives who have loved us and mothered us. Sometimes that doesn't look like a biological mom. Thank the people who have mothered you, no matter what they look like. So here is what I want to do. I want to acknowledge the wide continuum of mothering. To those who gave birth this year to their first child, we celebrate with you. To those who have lost a child, we mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wear the badge of food stains, we appreciate you. To those in the throes of hormones and teen drama, we pray for you. To those who have experienced loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions, or running away, we mourn with you. To those who walk the hard path of infertility, fraught with pokes, prods, tears, and disappointment, we walk with you. To those who are foster moms, mentor moms, and spiritual moms, we need you. To those fathers who have had to take on the role of mother too, we salute you. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate with you. To those who have disappointment, heartache, and distance with your children, we'll sit with you. To those who lost their mothers this year, we grieve with you. To those who experienced abuse at the hands of your own mother, we acknowledge your experience. To those who lived through driving tests, medical tests, and the overall testing of motherhood, we are better for having you in our midst. To those who are single and long to be married and mothering your own children, we mourn that life has not turned out the way you longed for it to be. To those who step-parent, we walk with you on these complex paths. To those who envisioned lavishing love on grandchildren, yet that dream is not yet to be, we grieve with you. To those who will have emptier nests in the upcoming year, we grieve and rejoice with you. To those who placed your children up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness and remember how you hold that child in your heart. And to those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising, we anticipate with you. I commend mothers for the way you reflect the image of God by bringing forth new life and nurturing those on your path and living with the tension of providing both freedom and a safety net. This Mother's Day, we walk with you. Mothering is not for the faint of heart. And we have real warriors in our midst. We remember you, mothers. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for this day that you've given to us. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be open no matter what we've experienced in our life, God. Whether we've had good moms or not so good moms, whether we've had lack in our life, God, or you have enriched our lives with much mothering. God, we just 
offer our lives as a sacrifice to you, God. And we thank you that above all else, Lord, you are the one, God, that keeps us safe. You're the one that loves us, God. And I pray that we would be rooted and grounded in your love and in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, when we were uh, on our mission trip to the orphanage in March, I talk about it a lot because it's so close to my heart. We were sitting in the kitchen one morning and uh, Josefina, you have to know Josefina, she's the director of the orphanage. She's 77 years old and she is what you would call the old Mexican grandma. She is hardcore. Um, You don't want to mess with her, but uh, she has lots of wisdom. And sometimes, you know, you just think she's just going along and doing her thing. And then, man, it was like, bam, wisdom came out. Because I'd been thinking about Mother's Day and, and what I'm going to speak on. And she started talking and it was like it dropped into my heart. Um, we had, <laughs> I'm going to show you a picture, the first picture. This area used to be a water tank, um, I know Tracy and Deanne went on that mission trip. There used to be this big cinder block water tank, and many of you remember it, that have been down there. And um, the Mexican government came in and changed the system and brought in these big blue plastic tanks. So when we got there in March, they had torn this water tank down. We were like, oh, and literally there was a hole in the ground seven, eight, ten feet deep. Because our team had gone in there one time and cleaned that thing out. It was so awful. But it was all empty. So we were only there about two days on this trip. During the course of, of about a day, we left to go into town to buy groceries. Some of the men there had hauled dirt and filled up this water tank, which amazed me that they could fill it up. Then she asked me, I said, what do you need? from us. And she said, would you take me to go buy plants? So we made our way through Juarez down to this little place. You would never be able to find it again. And um, we negotiated for these plants and brought them back. And um, so that afternoon I said, would you like for us to help you plant them? I'm thinking we're going to, you know, that would be really kind. It's, it it was warm that day and uh, she's 77 years old. And I said, you know, our team can do that for you. And she said, oh, no. She said, I want to plant them. She said, so I can touch the roots. She said, every one of those plants, she said, I touch the roots. And she said, I speak life over them. And I tell them they're going to live. I was like, wow. But then she said, that's just like the children at this orphanage. She said, I want to touch every single one of them. And tell them, you're going to live. You're not going to die. And I thought, that's so powerful. Thus, today, my message is called Rooted. And I want you to um, turn to the first scripture is Ephesians chapter 3. You know, we're going to be talking about trees and how they grow. You know, tree roots usually grow Three times the diameter of the branch. So when you see the tree, what you see on top, the roots are three times usually as wide. How many of you have seen that? Like the roots coming up through sidewalks and and areas. 
three times the size. So when we see what's on top of the tree that spread, know that underneath that, when we see a great oak tree, there's a large, healthy root system. And I believe God wants us to have that wide, deep, healthy root system. So we're going to read from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. It says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with his inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. That's my favorite scripture in all the Bible. I love lots of different ones, but that's my favorite one. But right there in the middle, it talks about that our roots would grow down into his love, and that would keep us strong, and then we can understand how great his love is. See, so many of us, we don't have deep, healthy roots. And we've struggled with receiving the love that God has for us. Roots are good in our lives. In Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 3, it says, Wickedness never brings stability, but the godly have deep roots. We search for stability in our lives. We search for that anchor, something to hold us in place. It's the love of God. It's letting those roots grow deep into his love that will keep us stable. So what do roots do um, for a tree, for a plant? First thing they do, they hold the plant in place when the wind and storms blow so it's not easily moved. Did y'all hear the thunder last night, the potato wagon? Last night, it was about midnight, I was still up studying, and I began to hear that that rumbles of thunder, okay? And storms were, and boy, in West Texas, we've had the wind the last few days, haven't we? And today, I mean, when you have a plant in the ground, if it's just a plant and there's nothing underneath to hold it, man, when the winds come, it's going to knock it over. It's going to take it off of its basis. But when we have roots that grow down, it holds us in place. It anchors us against the storms of life. You know, Jesus gave the parable of the sower in Luke 8. um, And he said, we need to understand this. And he talked about the different soil conditions and their effect on the seed of the word being planted in people's hearts. So let's look at Luke chapter 8 and verse 13. Luke 8, verse 13. It says, The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. They fall away when we don't have deep roots, when temptation comes, when the storms come, we fall away. Here's something good to remember. When the roots are deep, there's no reason to fear the wind. There's no reason to fear the storm. Storms are going to come to every one of our lives. Okay? Sometimes we're like, God, why is this happening to me? 
The Bible says the temptations come to all of us. We are all going to face trials. We've got to prepare our roots and let our roots grow down deep so that when the winds come, when the temptations come, we're not moved by it, but we're anchored in the, the love of God. Roots anchor you and hold you upright, supporting you in times of difficulty and temptation. Second thing roots do, they store nutrients and water and then bring them from below out to the tree above. We don't see all that going on under the soil, underneath. It's like we don't see what's going on in people's hearts. See, we want to be like all Christian on the outside and have all this on the outside look good. But what's in our hearts? That's where the love of God, that's where the overflow comes from. Let's look at Colossians chapter 2. The Bible talks a lot about roots. I didn't realize that. Have you ever gone and looked up a word um, on Bible Gateway or in... uh, some kind of reference book, you go and look up a word, and man, you see how many times the Bible uses that word. It talks about roots a lot. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7 says, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, which is number one for all of us, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him, and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. So your roots grow down into him first, then your life is built on him. See, we, a lot of us, we want the big tree. We want everybody to think, oh, we're a good Christian, and we have all this fruit, and we have all these pretty um, leaves and branches and flowers in our life, but first... We have to let those roots grow down into his love. We've got to let those roots bring stability into our life. Then our faith grows strong in the truth that we're taught. Then finally it talks about the fruit of that. When it starts overflowing, it says it overflows with thankfulness. And that's what people then begin to see in our lives. They see the fruit that we have. Notice this fruit doesn't happen immediately. It's a step-by-step process. We don't get saved one day and then tomorrow have beautiful fruit in our lives. See, roots start out small and then they grow bigger and stronger. That's why in this church, we totally believe in children's ministry. We believe in youth ministry. Because when those kids are little... They need, it's those little roots that start growing. Those little things. You know what they're taught down here in our preschool hallway? One-year-olds and two-year-olds and three-year-olds up to five. They're taught, Jesus is my best friend. Because they understand that. They're taught that God loves them. Then they move up to Pastor Jordan when they're in elementary And you know what? It blesses me. At staff meeting every week, he talks about, this is what the Lord put on my heart to share with these kids. He doesn't just take some curriculum and say, okay, well, yeah, that looks good. Let's just play this video for the kids. Yes, he uses videos, but man, he plans a sermon and he preaches to those kids and he has altar calls for those kids. 
So I don't get mad when you go up to our children or our youth and they're not done yet. You know why? Because God's moving in their hearts. And we can wait five or ten minutes, can't we? Yeah, we can wait for God to deal with them. Because if they're sitting in here, okay, what we're preaching to on an adult level, on teenage level, we're not preaching to a five-year-old level in here. So let them go to those classes. Let them, those roots start growing small and then they get bigger. They get into their teen years. And when you don't know what to say to them because you can't relate to them at all and they won't receive from you, they've got a youth pastor down there who hears from God and he preaches the word. They have youth leaders who are down there that they can relate to and they'll share things with them that they would never dare tell you. This church believes in step by step people receiving the love of God and letting those roots grow down deep into his love. So it goes roots, then trunk, then branches, then fruit. You do not skip a step. The third thing that roots do is they produce fruit. Jeremiah 17 Verses 7 through 9 says, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Even in a drought season. I love that. Even in the hardened times where our nation is now, Christians should not stop producing fruit. Because you know what? We're not getting everything from the world and everything out here. Our roots grow down into the river of God's love. So it doesn't matter what's going on in the world. Our lives should be a continual producing of that fruit of God's love. And that's what people see is the fruit. See, when your roots are strong, then you're strong enough as the branch to bear the fruit. Because you know what? Sometimes those, that fruit gets heavy. There's a lot of it. And you've got to have your root system down to be able to carry that fruit that God gives us in our life. We bear good fruit to display God's love. There's a scripture in Psalms and it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. How are, how's the world going to know the Lord's good? We have to show them. We have to have such sweet fruit in our lives. That fruit of thankfulness that God's working in us. No, we're not perfect, but God's working in our hearts. And people see that and they're drawn. They're drawn to a God who loves them. And in John 15, verse 8, it says, When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples, and this brings great glory to my Father. Matthew seven seventeen says, Even so, every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the unhealthy tree bears bad fruit. Matthew twelve thirty three says, A tree is identified by its fruit. So if I have good roots, I have good fruit. You can't have one without the other. Good roots bring good fruit. 
So what kind of fruit are people seeing in your life and in my life? That's the question we all have to ask each other. Not your words, because we can say all we want. People aren't moved by what we say. You know what they're watching? They're watching your life. Especially your family. Any of y'all have any family that persecuted you when you made a change in your life? And they didn't understand? You know what? At the beginning they may have said, you know, we know who you are. We know what you've done. But you just day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, you let your roots grow down into him. You receive the word of God. You come to church. We get that word. We settle ourselves through worship. And then we go out and we start producing fruit. Nobody can argue with fruit. Because fruit, you don't, you don't, like pastor says, you don't fluke a good marriage. Well, you don't fluke fruit in your life. Something has had to happen for that to be producing itself. So then people are convinced, then they can't argue when you have fruit in your life. So we know we need fruit. So what restricts that good fruit from growing? Those roots from growing deep. What restricts that? The first thing is poor light. Every plant needs light. We couldn't keep these plants in here for long because it's pretty dark in here. We just moved these in this weekend, but we've got to get them out into the light. Because when we're in darkness, we will not have roots that grow deep. Darkness in our lives. Where does darkness come from? A lot of times it comes from the things that we listen to. Music. The things we let our eyes look at, the TV shows we watch, oh my goodness, good, good way to determine. There's a TV show on. Just ask yourself one simple question. Is this bringing light to my life or is this going to bring darkness to my life? And there's your answer. Nothing is harmless. Everything that we watch, everything we expose ourselves to Brings either light or darkness. And trust me, there's enough darkness in the world. We don't need to add to it ourselves. Jesus said in John 8 verse 12. He sp- Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. Because you will have the light that leads to life. If you struggled with depression, quote this scripture over your life. He is light to me. He is my light. I do not have to walk in darkness. It's a good one. Memorize it. Speak that over yourself. The second thing that restricts roots from growing deep is poor soil conditions. In that parable of the sower, the soil is our heart. That's what it's talking about. And the word of God is the seed. Okay, so the soil is our heart, and then the word of God is the seed that gets planted in there. Looking back at that parable of the sower, Luke 8, verse 15, it says, And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. Not a small harvest. 
a huge one. So we determine the soil of our heart. We have to work to keep our heart condition healthy. That's our job. We have to do that. We, we, and how do we do that? By clinging. It said clinging to the word of God. Letting that word be planted in us. The third thing that restricts roots from growing deep is lack of nutrients and water. We all know the first thing you do when you get a plant and you put it in the ground or you bring it home, what's the first thing you do? You water it. You have to give it water so it doesn't become dry. Because what happens if it doesn't get the water it needs? If we leave these plants in here, days, they're going to start shriveling up. And they're going to start the process of dying. And church, when we do not let the word of God penetrate into our heart, we will start shriveling up and dying. See, we think, oh, well, you know, it doesn't matter if I go to church. I can go to the lake this weekend and I can go do this and I can sleep in. And you know what? I don't really need church. It's fine. It's fine. We need the word of God. We've got to keep, it's our job to keep our soil healthy, to keep it ready, to let that seed come in and then water it. We water it with the word of God. When we come in here with worship, my goodness, did y'all feel the anointing today? God wanting us to know his love and his power and his presence. It waters that the soil, it waters the seeds that God has planted in our life so that those roots can keep growing down and growing deep into him. The third thing. Oh, no, I want to read to you a scripture there. John 7. About getting the water that we need. John 7, verses 37 through 39. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the spirit had not yet been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So when Jesus was with them, he made this promise. He said, it'll be rivers of living water. When Jesus left, it said he gave us the Holy Spirit. He sent the Holy Spirit to us. And he said that Holy Spirit would be rivers of living water flowing through us. But we've got to keep that flowing through worship. We've got to keep that, that spirit flowing through us, through getting in the word, through prayer. The Holy Spirit moves and stirs in our life, just like this morning. He was stirring in our hearts. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in each one of us. So when we believe in Jesus, he fills us with his spirit and he waters us Waters us so we don't become dry, so our roots can keep growing. The fourth thing that roots are restricted from growing by is rocky, hard, compacted soil below the surface. Have you ever tried to plant something in your yard? I know we have a few areas that the sprinklers don't hit very well. And um, I got, I'll, you know, get some plants and I go home and my chief helper, my chief gardener, my husband, and I'll say, let's plant this here. And sometimes we'll look and the soil will be, it'll look nice and pretty. And he goes to put that shovel in and it's like, 
It's hard. It's hard and compacted and there's, there's rocks in it. And he's trying to dig that out to plant that plant in. That kind of soil restricts roots from growing. It, it, and it describes many of us. We look pretty on the outside. We come to church and we look like, oh yes, we have it all together. But if someone were to see our hearts, many of us have hard hearts. Through circumstances and things that have happened, sometimes not even our own choice, we close off our heart and we let it get hard. And the soil of our heart becomes so hard that God, man, he tries to get in. Pastor's up here preaching the word and the word is trying to get in and it's like, it's hitting on that hard, rocky place in our heart. But God has a promise from his word. If we will believe it in Ezekiel chapter 11 and verse 19, he says, and I will give them singleness of heart and put a new spirit within them. I will take away their stony, stubborn heart and give them a tender, responsive heart. We all go through times where we don't even, sometimes don't even realize it and our heart grows hard. But God says in his word, he will take away that stony heart. He'll chip away at all of that. And he'll give us a tender, responsive heart. Tender, soft, good soil. So that those roots of his love can keep growing in our lives. And then the fifth thing. The last thing I'm going to talk about. That restricts roots from going. Is when they get tangled up. Tangled up roots. You know, sometimes a plant has been so restricted in its pot, you go to pull it out. If you ever plant, you go to take it out of its planter, and those roots are like circled around that pot. And sometimes it's even hard to get it in because they've just like got in that pot and they're not going to leave it. And they just get tangled up and tangled up. I don't know if you know this, but when you go to plant something, you're supposed to, some people think, oh no, I don't want to hurt the plant. You're supposed to untangle the roots. That was something I didn't know when I first started gardening. Because again, I thought, oh no, that will hurt the plant. No, no. Just like Josefina, we get our hands on those plants and we start untangling those roots gently. We gently start pulling those roots out untangling them. See, many of us in our lives, things have happened and we're so tangled up emotionally. We're so tangled up. We can't have good relationships with people. We're so tangled up and closed off in our own little space. We don't let anybody in. We don't want anybody to touch our hearts. We don't want anybody to see the condition that we've placed ourselves in. We allow ourselves to get tangled emotionally. We close ourselves off for fear that someone will hurt us like the people in our past did. But that's not a way to live. Even when we come to church, we try to put ourselves in a better environment. We try to say, okay, I'm okay. I came to church. 
but our roots are still entangled and closed off in our own little world because of the things that have happened. We have to trust that God loves us. We have to trust that he has a plan for us. And we have a father who wants to take hold of our lives and gently begin to touch our roots, begin to touch them and untangle every place in our lives that we've been hurt, every place that we have closed ourselves off. God wants to touch those parts of us and he wants to speak life. Many of you had other things spoken over you. Many of you may have been called stupid. Maybe you had a family member who said you won't ever do anything. You're stupid and no one wants you. Maybe you had a teacher that said that. Maybe you've said that over your own children and you have regrets. God wants to come in to the masses of our lives, to the tangled up places in our lives. And God wants to gently untangle our emotions so that our roots can spread out, so that we can have relationships. If you don't have friends, if you can't be around people, it's a pretty good indication. We need God to help us. We need God to come in because this life is not just about us. This life is all about reaching out. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.